0: I think I told everybody exactly how that Mike Clevenger thing was going to go down, right? And it pretty much went down how I said it. the The moment he came out in front of cameras at the beginning of spring training and indicated he thought that was already over, then immediately realized, wait a minute, I shouldn't have said that. So he clammed up in front of everybody. But the entire time was confidently saying, just wait until it's over and hold off your judgment. And the way that his comments were framed, we said it then. And it held true, he at least, felt there was no way he was going to miss any time. And in the end, he'll miss no time. In the end, Major League Baseball says, we interviewed 15 people. We looked at everything that everybody had, and we're not going to suspend him. This thing's over. He's going to voluntarily do some, I don't know what this program is that he's doing voluntarily. Okay, who knows how involved it is or whatever it is. And he can walk around and be like, I'm exonerated, right? I didn't have anything legal happen to me, and Major League Baseball didn't do anything to me and play ball. And you may you may be happy about it. You may be upset about it, to be honest with you. As far as I'm concerned, we're moving forward with baseball. We will never know exactly what happened between these two people, but we do know that the White Sox now have Mike Clevenger for the entire year.
1: They do, and, and it's possible it's not completely over for Mike Clevenger. There's still stuff that could happen in the the civil courtrooms and things like that. but uh, So I, I don't know that we've heard the last of it.
0: One thing I'm pretty sure he won't do is take any legal action against the score. Like, there was a possibility he waited until after Major League Baseball decided he was cleared, and by clearing him, he could sit there and say, you see, Major League Baseball cleared me, and you did this, and I'm angry about it. But it's probably in his best interest to just say, this is over, and move on. I mean, look what the White Sox did. Their statement said... Under the collective bargaining agreement, we will not be commenting on this any further. Like, it's over. We accept it. It's over. Don't even ask us, because we're going to tell you we can't comment on it. So, I mean, there is, there's going to be, you're going to watch it very quickly here. This is like the hammer coming down and everybody involved just ending this as quickly as possible. Whether Again, you may hate that, but that's what's happening.
1: Right, and the White Sox aren't going to talk about it. Clevenger's not going to talk about it. My point was only that, He could still be facing some things in his personal life that may spill over onto the field and and how good of a job he does in the rotation. Or you may hear about it tangentially as he is going through and maybe he is getting sued by you know the, the women that are accusing him, or that there's other things going on in his life that are around these allegations. So whatever your opinion is of the guy, though, he is at this point on the White Sox roster, he is in the rotation unless injury takes him out of there or ineffectiveness takes him out of there. And that's all we can really talk about with Clevenger now is, is here's your fifth starter. And he
0: makes up a very interesting rotation now, because this is a rotation where if everything goes exactly the way it should go perfectly could be world beating, right? I mean, (laughs) it really could be like, if you want to look at it with sunshine and rainbows and the happiest like outlook possible, you, you would be like, well, we're going to get a, a healthy Lance Lynn. He won't have knee trouble. He's going to be out there swearing at batters and swearing at himself and striking guys out and pumping up everybody. And Lucas Giolito, best shape of his life, he overly bulked up during the lockout. He He made a mistake doing something he shouldn't have done when the team wasn't able to keep track of him and now he realizes that was a mistake he's in his free agent year he's going to go out now in better shape and 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 a better curve to his ball and his form's going to be better and he's just going to be just on fire, and Dylan Cease is Dylan Cease, and another year can only mean he's absolutely better than he was the year before. And Michael Kopek, sure, he's a little behind right now, but at some point, this guy's going to be healthy, and he should be a full go by the start of the year, and he's got all that skill, and this should be, if there's ever a year that he puts it together, this would be the year, and Mike Clevenger does profile as being similar to Johnny Cueto in that Coming off of the injury now and having as much time as he's had, whereas Cueto came off of his and struggled, but then became a free agent and got that extra time to get everything back. Here comes Clevenger with the same kind of timetable. This would be the bounce back year to his best form available. And I don't know why I'm being so positive. Maybe it's because spring is about to be sprung. I'm getting ready for this Sunday. Cork and Kerry in Beverly, the epicenter of the Southside Irish Parade. We're going to be there, giving away all kinds of socks in the basement swag. Come out and have a pint with us. It's the place to be on 106th and Western. And then all summer, the home of the podcast for fans, by fans, is Cork and Kerry at the park. In the shadow of the ballpark at 33rd and Princeton, all the craft beers, all the familiar ballpark favorites, the great menu, bring the kids out before the game. It's a great place for post-game as well. Getting ready for a summer just outside the ballpark before and after ball games at Cork and Kerry at the park and then ball games where I think this team is going to make some noise this year. This is my only time to be positive. If you're negative right now, you're going to be negative all year. But this could be a world-beater rotation if everything falls perfectly.
1: Well, and even if you think about it just in this way, right? Dylan Cease is your ace. Lucas Giolito was the ace before Dylan Cease emerged last year as a Cy Young candidate. Lancelin has been a staff ace before, but at the very least, he's been a very solid 2-3 guy in in good rotations, right? Mike Clevenger was the ace of the Indians staff when they were the Indians at the time before he was traded to the Padres. Really, he probably profiles as a Lance Lynn type of a two or three in his prime. And then you've got Michael Kopech, who when the Sox traded for him, much like Yohan Mankata, was this highly thought of prospect, and in, in his case he was thought of as being a front of the rotation kind of a guy. So, a one or a two. And if Kopech does reach his apex, okay, and reaches the point where he is what the White Sox thought they were trading for, what the Boston Red Sox said that they had in him or what you know their scouts thought they had when he, when he was drafted by them, if he reaches that, that is five guys who have taken their turn or could have taken their turn as the top of a major league rotation. You can't do a whole lot better than that, okay? And you could, you could argue that maybe that rotation is the Pittsburgh Pirates, but it's still the top of a rotation. Well, the guy that interests me the most is Kopech, and the reason
0: he interests me the most is... I know what Lucas Giolito can be, and I know that he's with the same pitching coach that he's been with over the last couple of years, right? Like, there's a lot of me that sees a bounce back in him just because generally when guys have a lot of money on the line, as long as they're not a head case, who gets in that mindset of like, oh my gosh, I got to be great. If I'm not great, I'm not going to make any money. I, and I don't, I don't really get that from him. You'll normally see guys push it up. He's with his pitching coach. They brought him back. It's one of the few coaches that are still on this staff from before. So there's consistency there. It's not like with with the rest of the team, right, where you have all these guys working on defense and hitting and new philosophies and how we're going to prepare. The pitchers are basically being prepared in the same way. So it, it really depends on how much do you believe in Ethan Katz and how much do you believe in Ethan Katz and his relationship with different guys. Well, I know that Dylan Cease likes him and that Dylan Cease has grown underneath him so that i would be, i would believe a reasonable person would believe is going to continue on its way and i know that Lucas Giolito has a long history with him and he's already fixed him once before and so if if somebody said give me your hard-earned money and put it down better or worse than last year i put my hard-earned money down on better based upon the track record and the idea that he's in the free agent year and he's got cats back and everything like that Lance Lynn Concerns me because I'm an old, overweight guy. not, cr- not grossly overweight, okay. But I mean, like I, I got I got pounds I'd like to take off. You,
1: you and I could both. You and I could both drop a few,
0: right? And Lance Lynn is a big dude. Okay, he's an athlete, so he carries it like an athlete. So I would never sit there and say, "Well, yo, Lynn, Lance, you got to cut back on the Twinkies." I'm not saying that, but he is an older guy who brings an awful lot of body weight on knees. And uh, any guy that's made it into his mid thirties to forties understands that, you know, your knees every once in a while just get worn out on stuff, okay? I mean, especially when you're playing sports. So he makes me nervous about the entire year, but if he's healthy, I know exactly what he is. Kopech is the one that I look at and say, I don't know yet what he is. He's the most intriguing thing because he had all that potential, but essentially 2018, it's 14 innings in the majors, 2019, not here, 2020, didn't play 2021 69 innings, right? And 2022, he finally gets over 100 with 119 innings for the White Sox and brings you an incredible walks and in hits per innings pitched of 1.19. If you're if you're looking at him, you could say look at it. He he's actually so effective when he pitches. If we could just keep him out there, he would be a star. That's how I look at him. Like he's a star. He he not only is a fourth or fifth starter, he's a he's a guy at the top of your rotation if you can keep him out there and pitching. And that's the guy in that rotation that I look at with the most intrigue, with the most like, what is he going to be? I also look at him and say, if he isn't something better than last year, I, I start to lose faith. Is that unfair? Do you think? I mean, this is gonna be his year 27 season. He's still got a lot of baseball ahead of him guys still don't put it together until they're in their 30s sometimes when they're a pitcher but like I'm going to start to feel like really worried if I don't see him take the next step this year.
1: Yes. You 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 have to see Michael Kopeck take another step. But it's the same way if you're an optimist, it's the same way that you look at what Dylan Cease did, right? So Dylan Cease has some time in the majors before last year that was frustrating that wasn't as good that didn't necessarily give you an indication of what he was going to do last year right you you didn't necessarily say when you started the season last year that Dylan Cease is going to come in second in the Cy Young voting you knew he was pretty good you knew that the team was telling you that he had Cy Young stuff but you hadn't really seen it because in 2019 when he had 73 innings in his whip is 1.548 i mean that's just not good in any stretch of the imagination. In 2020, in the 58 innings he managed there, his whip is 1.440. That's better, right? 2021, his whip is now down to 1.249. Last year, his whip is 1.109. He has improved every single year. He went from 14 starts to the 12 starts in the truncated season to 32 and 32. And his innings went up between 21 and 22 from 165 to 184. So if you could get Michael Kopech... Into more of like a 150 inning pitcher this year, uh, you know it's a jump of 20 to 30 innings. That you know it's 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 not a ton, but it's not an insignificant amount. If you could do that, and he can maintain his whip, he can maintain his effectiveness, and do that over the course of 30 starts, now you got something because now you've got a guy that rivals Giolito at his prime and Dylan Cease now for the amount of talent that he brings to it. And that's three guys in your rotation that are doing that. There's not too many rotations out there that are going to beat that. And certainly within the division, I've already been over it, and the Guardians don't have that, and the Twins definitely don't have that. And so that is a a huge thing. And you're right. Then at that point, look, Lance Lynn's knees and Lance Lynn's belly can do whatever they need to do to get themselves through the season and, and be what he can be. And then Mike Clevenger... Again, here's a guy that rebounding off of it, if he goes back to what he was kind of, you know, in more recent memory, pre-surgery, that's a good, solid middle of the rotation guy that you're asking to basically to be your fifth starter.
0: And injuries pop up. Sometimes uh, you may have an injury. Uh, Mom or dad may have an injury or maybe it's just age. Getting to them. You want to keep people out of assisted living, whether they're recovering or if they're getting to that later stage of life. High at Home Medical Equipment is going to help you out, Sox fans. Uh, they're located in Evergreen Park. They got a big, beautiful showroom, and they have everything from the lifts that bring you up and down the stairs to apps that open and close doors and make life easier, uh, aids in the bathroom throughout the house to reduce fall risk. So much available to you. Plus, If you have sleep apnea and you use a CPAP machine, why are you ordering that online? Why not go into their testing center right there? Try out the latest. See what you've been missing. It's a lot better now, the technology, than it was even five years ago. They have the latest and greatest at Hyatt Home Medical Equipment. They're going to work with your insurance, and if you mention socks in the basement, they're going to take additional money off. Check out all they have to offer at hhme.com, or stop in and see them 3518 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park. Speaking of the rotation, over at SoxInTheBasement.com on mismatch socks one of the blogs that we offer over there, Ed writes that one. socksnerd Nerd also puts up all of his statistical breakdowns. He's going to be on the next episode to break down second base for us. You can get all of that again at SoxInTheBasement.com. But you've been picking apart Pakoda. And these projections try to tell you before the year begins whether or not you should even care. And I've never put a lot of stock into them. And you have been disproving the low projections for the White Sox. And you compared the Sox to the American League East. And you looked at this rotation we're talking about. And I'm just going to surmise what you said when you compared the rotations. The Yankees had the advantage with the Sox and the Jays basically the same. And the Rays below them. With some sort of witchcraft, where they're able to find all these pictures, which is is really funny to read uh, in the article. But but that's how you kind of stack up this staff. And what I'm saying is that that's probably where they're at. That's a that's a fair assessment. They have the potential to go better. So do the Yankees, though. So do the Jays. So do the
1: Rays. Well, here's the funny thing. Okay, so Picota projects the White Sox to be basically terrible this year. And yet, they love the Rays, the Blue Jays, and the Yankees. And if you look position by position, the Sox are, with the exception of basically second base, are right up there with the other teams. You know, there's a few notable exceptions. For example, nobody in in the four teams we're looking at is touching Vlad Guerrero as a first baseman. With all deference to Andrew Vaughn, even if Jose Abreu is still here, it's a Vlad-Vlad-Vlad-Vlad-Vlad world. But, you know, with the rest of them... There's a lot of things like the bullpens. All those teams have questions in their bullpens, except for, of course, the dark arts that the the Tampa Bay Rays always come up with to find pitchers, where I literally do think at this point that they've got a portal where they conjure them from another dimension. But otherwise, uh, you know, they stack up very, very well. They're actually, I think the White Sox, as I look more and more against other teams, have one of the best outfields around, especially if if you – Look at what Oscar Colas should be or could be, based upon his potential, along
0: with what Roberts should be. Again, we need—he yeah. can't get injured, okay? He can't go into a
1: funk. I, we, I, I we need assume, and guy. I always assume full house. Right, right? And what even, Andrew
0: Benintendi is? Yes, you're right. That this, this is one of the best outfield's when you when you're going to compare them from team to team.
1: Well, especially when you sit there and you look at at um, you know the Twins, for example, they're going to continue to field Joey Gallo, which I don't know why teams and fans love Joey Gallo so much. He kind of. Isn't good at baseball. He's good at he's good defensively, and if he gets a hold of one,
0: it's it's a sight to see. But I mean, he is the most three true outcome guy that you're ever going to see.
1: That's what I mean, though. I mean, that doesn't make him particularly good at baseball. It's just thirty at bats a year. You're right. He's a sight to behold.
0: No, no. I, and I'm not I'm not a fan of him. We talked about this when we no. were going through free agency. I was like, I don't want to watch that all year long. I don't want to watch a guy come out and and hit thirty home runs and have a total of forty hits on the year. I don't want that.
1: No, and, and the Yankees are highly revered. They've got Aaron Judge, but they're going to put Harrison Bader and Aaron Hicks out there with him. And those two guys are not anything to write home about. The Rays, I think, are the kings of overrated outfielders. Randy Orozarena is a pretty good player, but Manny Margot, eh, I don't know. He's okay. You know, and Rosarina himself isn't exactly, you know, he doesn't match up at his best to what Luis Robert should be, right? So, You've got teams out there that are projected so much higher. And when I look at, say, the Blue Jays, for example, I like what the Sox do, their rotation against the Blue Jays. I actually think the Sox rotation could be better. Uh, I gave the Sox rotation a little less of an edge against the Yankees because I think Garrett Cole and Carlos Rodon form a rather devastating one-two punch when they're both right. And I'm not sure which one of the Sox pitchers is going to back up Dylan Cease that way. Who's going to step up? Will Giolito rebound? Will it be Kopech making an emergence? But I think those guys all have, have those potentials. I like the fact with the AL East, one of the things I really liked was where the Sox aren't all that great, like at third base, for example, it's just terrible all the way around because it was Yohan Moncada versus Matt Chapman versus whatever Josh Donaldson happens to be these days versus I think it's Isaac Paredes is who they have projected as the starting third baseman for the Rays. Those are four guys that, frankly... I don't think I would pick any one of them in a fantasy baseball draft, let alone (laughs) trade for them if I was an actual general manager at this point. And even then, I think Moncada's got the best chance of actually emerging from there and being something this year. All
0: right, so I picked up a Christmas gift that I got and finally took it out of the, the plastic And and brought it out to the kitchen table. Do I want to know where this is going? And started sorting through uh, my Stratomatic baseball game that I got. Oh, nice. So I don't know if anybody's ever played Stratomatic out there. Uh, Those that do right now are very excited that I also play because it's like a cult. And uh, those that do not, you might be interested in it. I, I would tell you this. The generation that loves probabilities and math and sabermetrics should all be playing Stratomatic baseball. Because... It's, it's a fascinating way to to look at the odds and use, a, use some dice to figure out how a baseball game would go. It, you know, it, it uses chance but also probability on each one of the player cards. So just to kind of surmise what it is for those that have never played it before, uh, every batter gets a, a card with three columns in it, numbered one, two, or three. and in, in each column there's an outcome one, uh, two through 12. Okay, because you're going to roll one color die that is going to pick the column and then the other two die that are a different color are going to get you a number from two through 12. And certain numbers have a greater chance of coming up because there's more combinations that land on them. So basically, if you have a good result, at say seven or eight in that part of the column, you are probably really good at doing those things during the year. And if you strike out a seven or an eight, uh, you strike out a lot. You know, it, it, that's how the, the card takes the statistics at the end of the year or the game takes the statistics at the end of the year and creates a card of probability to try to figure out what would happen. Now, when you're rolling your dice, you may also roll a four or five or six, which means it doesn't matter what your batter does. Now it's whatever the pitcher would have done. The pitcher controls the outcome of the at bat. And the pitcher has his tendencies, which are based upon how often he puts people on base and how many people he strikes out and what gets put into play against him. And then on a lot of these, like a ground ball or a fly out, there is something that indicates it's all up to the defender. So you pick a defensive player, you set your entire lineup. And if you have somebody who's, let's say, is a shortstop one, they are a great defender. If you have a shortstop four or five, they are a terrible defender. And you'll get a thing that says ground ball at a shortstop and you have to roll a 20-sided die. And if you have a shortstop one, only one of those numbers is going to be an error. And if you have a shortstop five, like seven of them are. So, so I mean, it, it kind of like it, it, it gives, again, probabilities based upon the defensive prowess of the player and how well the guy hits and all this other stuff. Are you already confused, Ed? Not at all. It's like Dungeons and Dragons for baseball fans.
1: That's, That's just- what I was just thinking. It's, it's basically it's Dungeons and Dragons, but baseball. Yeah, exactly. Which it's makes a- it... Right. slightly less nerdy but only slightly <laughs> it'd be a great game at a bar like uh, oh, they should yeah, have this yeah, available
0: yeah. over at the at the tap room at Hailstorm brewing the official brewery of socks in the basement because uh, i would sit there all day long and drink from the long list of beers and uh, i think stout season is slowly coming to an end here we're getting into irish ales and more ipas will be coming out and they always have such an amazing selection and now they're open for lunch And so you can get in there and eat at their scratch made kitchen. Everything opens up at 11 o'clock in the morning out in Tinley. Now they go all day long. It's a working brewery. Uh, You got the tap room, the big beer hall, the working brewery all under one roof. It's a great place to go hang out. Uh, I bring the kids in there. or I go out on date night. It just depends on like what my mood is. It's it's awesome for anything. And right now their lunch special that they're running, essentially when you do the math, uh, you're going to end up getting the meal and a beer for the price of the meal. All right, that's not how it lists, but I, I look at it and I go, well, that, that's pretty much how it all ends up in my pocket. So that's a pretty good lunch deal right there uh, for you to check out. Their pulled pork sandwich is extremely good, and they make one hell of a grilled cheese, get the bacon in the pulled pork, put on top of that, and then just sit back in a little bit of a food coma and have a second beer before you head back to work. Get out to Hailstorm in Tinley Park, 8060 186th Street, right off of 80th Avenue, and see more at hailstormbrewing.com.
1: So in a drunken food coma, we're playing Stratomatic baseball. That's what what we're doing. That's what we're doing Okay, I like it.
0: Okay, so I I did that this weekend with the kids. You got them drunk? And I have, the, the version that I have, because it takes a while for them to gather all the stats and make all the cards, is because this was given to me Christmas time, the latest version is the end of the 2021 season. So it's the 2021 White Sox that went to the postseason and lost to the Astros. It's that season. I decided I was going to play as the White Sox and they could pick any playoff team and play their father. Now I played this game a ton of times. I have an advantage because I know all the little nuances, I know how to hit and run in the game. I know that I can pull in my defense. I know I can hold a runner on like I, I, I know all the little tricks. They're just learning the game. The 2021 White Sox got beat every single time. I didn't win once this weekend against my kids. Not at all.
1: Not at all.
0: I got destroyed with the, with that team going up against the other playoff teams. The biggest problem was that the best pitcher that the White Sox had was Carlos Rodon, which really angered me as I realized that because that was the guy that didn't come back the next year. Like that really right. t- really ticked me off. The whole time I was sitting there, "Are you kidding me? The best second baseman defensively and has the best hitting guard is Danny Mendick?" But he isn't on the team anymore.
1: Oh, no. I mean, so
0: as you're playing the game, this will, if you play with the 2021 White Sox playing Stratomatic, you just get angrier and angrier and angrier because you're sitting there going, are you kidding me? But now here's the thing. Um, I found some interesting cards, which I, I wanted to share. First off, Andrew Vaughn, extremely versatile. Since he played at all kinds of different positions, he can go and play there in the game. He can play at left field, right field, first base. Second base because he played a game over there. Third base he can play. He's a four or a five, where five is the worst, and one is the best. That's his defensive rating. But I, uh, the one that I really landed on that I love is the Larry Garcia card. Okay, Larry Garcia card is my favorite card on the team because of how ridiculous it is. If you roll a one two, he lines out into as many outs as possible. He has a triple play option on his card. That's how unlucky Lurie Garcia what? is. What? <laughs> they gave him a
1: triple playout. There's a triple
0: play out on his card. <laughs> there is there when you look at his positions that he plays. Oh yeah, super versatile. Right field four. Again, four is terrible. Right field four. Second base four. Shortstop four. Third base four. They put him center field three, which I think is surprising to me because even even Steve Stone makes fun of his center field and they put him left field three. Tony La Russa, remember, used him as a defensive replacement in the outfield over Adam Angle. For Adam Engel. <laughs> Maybe he should have played a little stratomatic, Tony, beforehand and understood what Larry Garcia was. So, but here's here's the best part. So I'm playing the game and I, you know, my feelings on Larry, I, he, he annoys me. Him being on the team annoys me. If he was making what he's actually worth, he wouldn't annoy me, right? He wouldn't bother me. But the team has always used him in situations when he really wasn't the best player for it. And then they sign him to a deal. So that's why he gets under my skin. So the kids are laughing cuz they know that dad won't use Lurry. Like I'm playing the lineup and I'm not I'm not putting him in the lineup. I am sitting on my bench. I won't use him. I won't use him. I won't use him. And then finally, like late in the game, I'm trying to get a win and I'm sitting there going, "Well, Larry Garcia, actually, I keep rolling threes, and that's where all of his hits are. So I'm going I'm to put him in as a pinch hitter. So I put Larry in as a pinch hitter. He has no home runs on his card, by the way. He can't hit a home run on his card.
1: So the thing that got him the contract... It isn't even available isn't on his even...
0: 2021 Stratomatic card because he only had five home runs on the season. So they, they don't give him a home run in his card. The only way he can get a home run is if the pitcher card gives up a home run. And the pitcher gave up a home run to Lurie Garcia. Come on. My kids fell out of their chairs laughing so hard.
1: (laughs) So it's basically just like it played out in 2021. Yes, it's exactly what happened. I'm sitting there playing this game with them.
0: And Lurie's only big moment in the entire weekend of me constantly just trying over and over again to get the White Sox to win against just one game. Not even a series. One game playing this against my my kids, where they could pick anybody. They could pick the Dodgers, the Yankees, the S, whatever. Okay, everybody they run out there just trounces me, and it's not even close. Like I think I got within three runs at one point in one of the games. I was getting destroyed in every game because the White Sox just don't. I mean, they. When you look at them overall body of work and what they did in 2021, their stratomatic probability cards. Really, everything needs to work out perfectly Which is the White Sox philosophy Let's get this, let's, let's remember this, right They have to be perfectly healthy Everybody's got to have a career gear, And the ball has to bounce perfectly for them that, that's, that's what they look for when they put their team together Well, you can't do that in a game like this In a game like this, all those things The, the probability of that happening is really exposed So I, could, I couldn't win with them And I couldn't win any game I couldn't have a moment Lurie tied the game At that point, on a home run off the pitcher card. And the Lanuti kids laughed and laughed and laughed. He then committed two errors in the next inning.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) I was waiting for the other shoe to drop on that one. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement.